You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of BoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hi, Savannah. How are you? How are you? you today? I'm good. You look like, you know what you look like today? Your dress is wow. gorge, number one. I love it. I love like kind of the filigree on the top of the dress and the little cap sleeve kind of action, a little short sleeve actually. But you also have a look of, we can do it, like the Rosie the Riveter. Or she's got the little thing in her hair. Yeah. So yep. <laughs> I love this dress. I do. I feel very powerful. Mm. Thank you. Mm. I love this color green. Not quite a Cali green. I guess that's the best way I would describe it. A softer Cali green. And it reminds me of the dresses worn by the ladies in Bridgerton too. If you mm-hmm. It feels very regal. So yeah, thanks for the compliment. And today you have dressed down. Yes, I have. Or, mode, right? or in my case, I just never dressed up. Ah. Just never got there. Today was a day of projects. We got a new door installed. And in that door, it's a storm door for the backyard. And in that storm door is a doggy door, a little flappy flap with a magnet at the bottom. Because they shredded, the dogs have shredded inadvertently the magnetized yes. mesh curtain that we had. So they could just run through it. And it just got all churned up. So we said, well, as inexpensive as that was, it really wasn't as functional because we're still getting bugs in the house and it just wasn't secure to let the dogs go in and out like without us being right there. So we got that installed. But what we find with our little girl, our little old lady, she's very short to the ground with a big barrel chest. So like her chest is always like two inches off the ground. So if the grass isn't cut, she's always getting tickles right on the belly and on the chest. So we found it was really hard for her to get through the door because it was kind of like six, seven inch drop on the outside. So we went to Lowe's today and got some concrete pavers, like a square paver that had a design in it. We cleaned it all up and we washed down the area and we're going to put that there and put these rubberized mats on top of that. So it should give her a much nicer little step up so she can get through. So yes, for our little babies, We are trying to make it easier because we want Holly to be able to use it freely and not get all banged up going through it. So that was a project today, and that was a non-Savannah project. And it's 85 degrees here, and the last thing I want to do is like, hey, let's get all made up and with this wig on and my nice pretty dress, and then start doing yard work. (laughs) You didn't want to Rosie the Riveter? in your heels no 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 we had a conversation a couple weeks ago or maybe even last week about heels where we were talking about me needing a pair of like peak sneakers like some little cute little sneakers so i can be a little more practical well that's when those sneakers would come in handy if i had decided to dress because i can't do yes i can't be lugging around concrete pavers in heels <laughs> sinking into the grass yes Yes. And I'm sorry. I definitely had a reaction to your mention of the said pink sneakers. I definitely have had to work through some of my own pink trauma, pink being the soccer team I was on that I didn't want to join in the first place. There's just a lot of associations with that color initially, but like pink is very pink. You know what I mean? So like the pink sneakers, I just thought it was like a I'll save you, friend, like that kind of thing. But I realized that it wasn't appropriate. And there's all sorts of people who like all sorts of things. And I am accepting. I'm just going to, as I'm talking, I'm hearing my giant J-Lo hoops, a jingle, jingle, jingle. So I'm just going to, on air, just take these babies off. Okay. I mean, they look sexy. And so I just say, thank you. It's just so I can move my. Body autonomy is really important to me, and I feel like this is an episode and a topic that I'm going to want to have free range of my neck and every other part of my body. All right. But I appreciate the feedback, yes. All right. Do you have anything you want to warm up with, or you want to just jump right into this topic? Um, hmm, Any (laughs) warm-ups? Guys, gals, ladies, I'm wicked excited because on Monday, Remy starts day camp, which means... I will be able to restart the bar method. 
the bar method is an exercise that takes small muscle movements as well as core, as well as uses a ballet bar. And I did it right after Remu was born. And it's my favorite type of exercise. And I just haven't between my walks in the morning and our schedules, I haven't really had a place for that or room or time. So with her at day camp, I can insert that hour of time for myself in addition to my walk. So I'm super excited. Oh, nice. Even if it's just for a little amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. But still you get that practice in and make it a routine. That's half the battle right there. I love that. I love it. I make it a routine to have fried chicken at least once a day. So make it happen. (laughs) You do. And you're so consistent. (laughs) See, that's you make it into a habit. Probably not the best habit you have made. It it really is. (laughs) You're silly. A little bit. So today is a topic that runs very close to my heart. It has to do with a certain Instagram influencer, and I consider her to be a teacher of mine. This is a trailblazer in the trans community and someone who I have followed for, for many years. She is an activist and she is just an amazing trans woman that is going to and continues to do amazing things. And her name is Rose Montoya. Oh, I heard about her. The Rose Montoya. She has been hot news because she did not come correct, as the cool kids say. She did not come (laughs) correct to a pride event at the White House where she and, and two trans men, I believe it was two, it could have been three, they flashed their chest. And as we know, there is unfair and unjust ruling when it comes to men taking off their shirts versus women. But in a gust of trans joy, as she called it, she just got so euphoric and so excited and decided to flash her breasts in a line of others. At the White House, she was invited to be in a special press junket where she was able to shake hands with the president thank him for honoring the trans community, be a part of that world. So it was very exciting for me as someone who has followed her since 2021. I've been following her for a while and I've benefited from her teachings and her viral videos that started with her getting harassed by someone at the TSA in in Phoenix, where she was she told, she mentioned she was a trans woman. And I believe the person asked if she would like to be felt up or assessed as a man. And it was this video that went viral, viral in terms of her kind of reporting her trauma through this. So anywho, back to what had happened this past week with, with her flashing her breast is suddenly it made someone who does have a blue check was on a billboard in a New York subway was pretty much on the map, but was not at white house level yet until this happened. And then suddenly Fox news had an opinion to say about it. The trans community was split mostly up in arms. And I would just like to unpack that today with you because I've had mixed mixed emotions. I forget what word you used when I mentioned this topic as something I felt we needed to discuss that I felt, I think you used the word ruffled, that I was like ruffled. Like I was very intense about yeah. it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. I just. <laughs> yes. I, that was so, uh, in our texting in preparation for this as an idea, as I was reading between the lines and the words you were saying, seemed like you were very much impassioned by it. And you're like, no, it's fine. That's just something I want to talk about. But knowing that this is somebody that you look up to as a mentor and you've been following as an influencer, obviously has had an impact on you. This is more than just some passing celebrity in the night that you really have no opinion about who may have done or not done something. So, of course, it's going to put you a lot closer emotionally to both how you think she may feel the aftermath of her actions and the consequences, the people who may be targeting her now. God knows the news outlets have been attacking her. And depending on if it's conservative or liberal or Democratic or Republican or 
whatever the news outlet would be, how they're presenting the news, either as factual or opinion-based, uh, her being accosted, family around her, get microphones in their faces, uh, or just like be a paparazzi about it, whatever it is, it's, it's an upheaval regardless. Now, with that in mind, I did not know who this person was, Miss Julie Ravelstein. <laughs> I didn't know who she was. I had really no familiarity with her. So I, in preparation of this, had to really dig in to be like, all right, who is this person about? I did see the video of her going down into the New York subway system and standing next to her big billboard in one of the tunnels and her being like, oh my God, that's me. And people coming up and all taking pictures. I saw that. I heard about the TSA and how there was an anomaly between her legs that she had to be pulled aside for. And I even found out a little bit about her background and her family life, and she's the daughter of a pastor, and her mother, I think, started like a school for the deaf, and there's all sorts of things going on. Good, bad, and different. Not important to this moment that we're going to talk about. But yeah, just to, for anybody who hasn't heard or seen anything about this, on her Instagram, and I just saw it, and it's not that deep back in an Instagram yet. Yeah, if you go to her post, it's Pretty big. I'll just show that to Julie. You know, this one right here is the actual video that she posted. Yeah, it's like yeah. a cut together video. It show President and Dr. Biden on a stage with a huge pride background and flag and words in the White House emblem. And they're talking about, you know, how being trans is trans month, trans year, trans life, how you belong here. She has a mink grape. She shakes hands with the president and she does a dance with a pride flag. And you can see her taking videos with different people throughout. And then, boom, it goes right into three trans folks, two men, bookending her in her beautiful white dress. And she pulls the top of the dress down, and she's got her boobs covered, a la Janet Jackson on that one album cover. Yeah. And she's jiggling them around. And then a couple other things happen, and and that's the entire video. So obviously in post She put together a bunch of different clips into one montage for Instagram and posted it. Now, I don't know if that's where all this came from, that specific Instagram, or if it was shot from other people on site that saw her do it. I don't know. But as we know now, and you knew way before I did, everything blew up. Some trans woman showed her titties at the White House, became huge news. I think it was a part of the montage that she put together. Yeah, it was. But as far as like the world blowing up and it getting really big and the Republicans going crazy, look, kids, trans are perverts. Look, mm-hmm. like just having a field day. When I received this, I received it in doses. Yeah, I saw the video. It was great. Then there was just some sort of record ripping. Just like everything got really dark, almost an energetic shift had taken place. Suddenly she's on her stories. It's really all black. And it says, quote, it says, journalists are showing up to my home now. This is ridiculous and scary. Be patient. I'll soon have a statement for y'all soon. And for me, I was feeling all the feels. First and foremost, I was feeling really protective of her once I realized what had happened and what was going on. I was protective of her and I immediately felt I wanted to go to her aid. I wanted to make sure she was okay. I think, I think thanks to me, our precious little podcast, reach out to her and just said, just wanted to let you know, we're thinking of you and sending you light love. Because regardless of my personal opinions on how she showed up incorrect and all the feels, first and foremost, I know that this is a human being. This is a human being that made a mistake. I feel this is a human being that made a mistake and is experiencing an avalanche of feedback. Now, this is someone that is no stranger to adversity. This is someone who I very much respect and see as a trailblazer. I think that when you are a trans advocate, especially when you're a trans advocate woman of color, you're a woman, you're a woman of color. There is a tremendous amount of pressure to educate, to come correct, but also to be a disruptor, to be a disruptor of the culture that we live in, the truth, the hypocrisy that we live in. So she is no stranger to this kind of adversity. 
on October 19th in 2022, she was invited to an amazing LGBTQIA plus friendly walk, the real catwalk. I believe it was on Sunset Strip in LA. And she did a runway. She wore very sexy thigh-high boots. She wore a sexy corset. And she came to this event and walked untucked. She did the runway untucked. So this was very much something that received 445 comments in the video. It was a very bold move considering it was a mixed crowd, a family crowd. And here this rebel, this goddess rebel comes and does a a runway walk untucked. That for people to see from a trailblazer is really radical. That's something that maybe individuals might say, I would never do that. What she's do- What is she doing? Or others may view as disgusting. I can't believe it. But it made people think and feel and respond. So, so she's no stranger to making certain choices that get a reaction. I think this choice that she made was definitely at a heightened sense of trans euphoria and joy. I think that it was making a statement about it being unfair that when this person was male, came as their biology, that they could go topless. And now that they're a woman, they feel like that is wrong and unfair. And they did not free the nipple on this video. They definitely covered their nipple and did what they did. Apparently, legally in Washington, D.C., it's not illegal to take off your top. Apparently, this is according to Rose, but she also acknowledges, and I want to acknowledge with you today that it was not the time or the place, that it was very much a distraction from a bigger moment that did not belong to her kind of rebellious moves. It was a, it was a deterrence from what we as a collective community have been trying to do and are trying to achieve. And that's normalcy, that is humanity, that is coming together and saying that we are all human beings, we are equal, and we should be treated as such. I hear you. I know we are going to air the apology that she posted soon thereafter, what you had mentioned earlier. I agree that this was, this is not the catwalk at a fashion extravaganza. This is not fashion week in Paris. This is not Coachella. This is the White House. And I do absolutely agree that this was not the time or place to decide to bear all. Yes. Is it a double standard? Yes. It has been a double standard for eons when it comes to men can go topless and women can't. Just in general, we're still having issues in America where a woman can't even breastfeed in public because everybody's clutches or pearls, even though it's the most natural thing in the world to breastfeed your child. Still, burying breasts is a huge lightning rod of pro or against, and people are just like going off their nut. But yet, those same people have no problem if that woman is wearing the tiniest, teeniest bikini that barely covers her nipples, and that's okay. But yet, even that, even in a bikini, that would not be what I would bring to the White House and to have this amazing moment with the president and staff and the news press and the outlets that were there to really bring to stage a voice to the trans and LGBTQ plus community. So I think you and I are on the same page on that. Absolutely. I do believe, and I think she said it in the apology that we'll listen to, it was so quickly weaponized. And you said at the very beginning, it was something that because it happened and she did it, it was quickly weaponized against as, oh, look, now, you know, all they want is to show their boobs and so so inappropriate. And that just shows you what kind of people they are. That's, I agree with that the venue was wrong because it wasn't really meant to be a trailblazing type of event. Mm -hmm. It was more about celebration of your transness. Now, that being said, that shot with, with the two gentlemen where they're showing off their breast reduction scars, their removal scars, and she's basically doing the same, but in the opposite. I don't believe those other two people were called out of, oh, how could wear those coveralls 
and show your boobs, and the other one's just completely topless altogether. That was a non-event, but as soon as she did it, whether because right. of her status or because it was boobs, it was a problem. One thing I'll say before we go to the video is there is an irony because a lot of the responses I saw from the apology, somebody else had posted it or reposted it, and the comments to that post were, he, it's a he, it's a he, it's a he, it's a he. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if it's a he and a he with right, topless, right, why right. are you all up in arms? Oh, because it's a he with tits? Think about all the overweight men yep. at the beaches in the summer with that are 400 pounds with massive man boobs. No, hey, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's like, and that's right. okay? Where's the line? Is it about the boobs or about the transness? So interesting concept. And I think it's food for thought. What is really the key here? Is it just to weaponize 10 seconds of time and really use that as ammunition against the entire trans community? Probably. Because I saw it and I looked at that video. I'm like, oh, look what she did. I didn't think about it in terms of that was really inappropriate for me. Right. But I'm like, oof, you did that at the White House, though? On the White House yeah. lawn? Uh, and, yeah. Right. <laughs> and just so you know, the other, was it two? I don't know. Two. You mentioned it, it, and I think I blacked out. The other two individuals were also banned okay. from the White House. Okay. Right, which is a whole nother discussion because it's just, were they doing that to placate? Because it is, not only is it legal, it is celebrated but for men to thing. walk around yeah. anywhere without yes. shirts. So was that like a, I don't know. I think the rules, there was something I read and I did not dig in super deep. Yes, it is legal to go topless in Washington, D.C., it may not apply to federal property. Yeah. I think that's the distinction. The White House is not Washington, D.C. It is a federal property. Right. Therefore, the rules may be different. Again, that would be like going to the post office, also federal property, and bearing your tits just because you're there and it's okay. That still might not be okay in the post office. Right. We're at the White House. Right. And like we... (laughs) We, the image consultants of the world, we talk about, not we, Savannah and I, but we, myself and my career that I have chosen, talk about appropriateness in different settings, dressing appropriately in different settings, okay? We also talk about thinking about what is appropriate for each setting, especially if you're going to something of a federal nature, of a mm-hmm. religious nature, of a nature where you have to cover up a little because of the setting. This was a family-friendly event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know she's going to get through this. Yes, I know. I think that it has allowed me to really take a deep dive when it comes to an event happening close to the community with someone who has been my teacher, a teacher for me. And I will continue to learn from this person. This is also a really interesting social study, if you will, about what happens when someone of the community makes a choice that they're not proud of, or that, or maybe they are proud, right? Maybe they are proud, but at the end of the day, they disappointed a lot of people within their family, within their community. So that's something that they need to take responsibility for and are. It was never their intention. I don't even want to say put us back. That's not even the point. That's that we were already back. Okay. We we can't go any further. We're just, we're pushing ourselves to the forefront. And there's something to be said about this happening that makes a community it divides itself. Mm. We were divided as a trans community into figuring out how we handle someone that is one of us, that is a trailblazer and a teacher that makes a mistake, a human mistake, a choice, a choice out of sheer euphoria. Now I bring it back to us, dear listeners, have we ever felt so euphoric in our femininity, so pink fogged out that we just missed all the memos? I know I have, maybe not pink fog, but tremendous joy. There's a sloppiness. There's a selfishness to it. You suddenly don't represent you as a father or a brother or a son. You represent yourself as a a trans, whatever it is that you feel passionate in that moment to do. So I can't really have too many ill feelings for her, but I feel for her. I'm just like, Wow, you're going to rise from this. I know you are. It's almost like you've been preparing for this since you decided to make social media your career of choice. 
yeah, it's, it's rough. And I do think that there was the correct amount of days before she made the statement that we're about to listen to. I do think she gave the people's time to air and vent and with newscasters coming to her house. I can imagine that it was a really scary time. I consider her to be a a jack of all trades. I don't imagine her to be the kind of celebrity that has a camp when something goes wrong. The rose in my head may have a sister or a chosen family that they can feed from and figure out how to appropriately attack this. But I also understand that like when something of White House proportion happened, lawyer up, babe, because Mm -hmm. you may have to get a camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Before we get into it, so you can cue it up for yourself, what I'll just say in rebuttal. So for me, my rebuttal would be absolutely wrong place, wrong time. Oh, the point I wanted to make is how many pride events have you gone to? Have any of us gone to? First of all, in San Francisco, pride is like insane, right? There's a lot going on during pride that a lot of family friendly people with kids might not appreciate. So we are living in a world where somebody like Rose is coming up into where they probably have been to a hundred pride events and they see people with just glitter body suits, or they see the half disrobed man with leather briefs and a huge pair of wings and just a leather cap where we grew up in, in the community. We see that so often it's almost second nature. So was this moment, and I don't want to call it, she calls it trans joy. I want to just call it joy. I really do. I think just finding it as trans joy, it diminishes the reality that it is pure joy just in general of her body and her love for herself. She was having this joy, yes, and she was having joy for herself, not as a brand, not as an influencer. But the problem with that is that she posted it on Instagram in a very well-packaged, edited montage where that was part of it. So it was not something that she says, oh my God, somebody took a video of me and it just got out there. No, she did that purposely as part of that video montage package that she put on her Insta. So it was done purposefully and with intent. It's just like, oh my God, we're showing, I think we're showing our titties at the White House or are we showing our titties at the White House? So it was a proclamation. Mm -hmm. It was that trailblazing. It was that risk-taking. But I think even post the trans joy moment of doing it, she did have time to reflect before she posted that, whether she did the posting herself and the editing herself, I don't know. But it was there was moments between it actually happening and the, ooh, you know, maybe I should take that part out. That might not be appropriate. But she's 27, I believe, right? She's young. She's going to make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. I'm an old person who would be like, I would never show myself that way at the White House. Because I got a little more experience and I'm a little more demure and I'm not her and she's not me. So therefore, we're not going to have the same experience and have the same reaction to things. So that being said, let us dig right into her apology. I'm going to go ahead and play it now. Okay, here we go. Earlier this month, I was invited by the White House to attend a pride celebration with both President Biden and Dr. Biden. I, alongside other powerful voices in the queer and trans communities, were invited to be represented, seen, and heard in unique and a very special way. As anti-2SLGBTQPIA+, especially anti-trans, violence and legislation runs rampant across our country, I was proud to be invited to speak at the National Press Club during my trip to Washington, D.C., in order to speak about transgender people and experiences at the highest levels of our nation. In a quick moment of fleeting and overwhelming trans joy, I decided to do something unbecoming of a guest of the president at the White House lawn celebration. More so than ever before, I have learned how powerful and just how impactful my actions are and how impactful it is when we share our stories and experiences and how we do so with the world. I want to take this moment to apologize for the impact of my actions. 
I especially want to apologize to my Black trans brothers and siblings, especially transgender women who are Black, because I understand that you all are constantly at a disproportionate level impacted by the actions of others and especially by anti-trans violence. I would also like to apologize to my family and friends who have been harassed. I would also like to apologize to my own community, the 2S LGBTQIA community. And last but not least, I would like to apologize to the president, the White House, and the nation. It was also never my intention to create a situation that would lead to harassment and harm of myself and others, nor for trans joy, like my little moment of trans joy to be weaponized by vile people of the opposition. Moving forward, I am committed to using this moment as a catalyst for creating positive change, both within myself and within the broader community and the world at large. It is my sincere intention to actively promote empathy, equity, inclusion, and understanding through my words and my actions and my advocacy efforts. I also feel energized to educate and articulate to others the importance and power of trans joy in a more effective way. Finally, as I work to engage in meaningful conversations with my community and my allies, I would like to ask for everyone, especially media outlets and journalists, to please respect mine, my family's, my friends, and my loved ones' privacy during this time. I am unavailable for additional comments, and I will not be conducting interviews at this time. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. Yeah. So we listened to that. We brought up some of the points that she outlines in that apology with the trans joy and being set on a stage at the White House and not attending for that fleeting moment to define the event or define her or the community at that event. Tell me your thoughts, Joey, on this. Well, she had just weeks prior, she, she had been recovering from a surgery, a body feminization surgery. And I think that could only add to this kind of as she's calling it, trans joy moment, that the heightenedness of herself and the freedom and femininity in her body as it was on that day. I do believe everything she says in terms of it never being her intention to have this moment be what it was. I think she definitely comes to the apology connected to everyone, connected to the experience, owning her part in it and really apologizing for it. And I thought that it was really sincere. The split reaction and anger, I'm gonna call it anger, from the trans community towards this leader was really hard to read. Often I would read a comment and I click on the profile to get a sense for who this person was. There was a lot of comments that were really showcasing disappointment for people towards her. And then I think that after she posted this apology, there was more people of the community that were supporting her. So I think it did its job in terms of shifting the lens and really realizing that trans hate among members of our community, not only is it not productive, it's really dangerous. It's really dangerous. So we as a culture, as a collective, need to band together through this uncomfortable moment that happened and stand behind this woman because she's doing the work. She's influencing the world. And she is also a human, knowing on some level, on a much, much smaller scale, you and I feel a responsibility to the community. We definitely show up with a certain professionalism and a certain side to ourselves, but we're still human. And we come, correct, we come with this human ability to show up for a platform, a platform we respect, but we're still human. We still want to share. And you know what? We make mistakes. 
I'm sure there are episodes where we've gotten feedback. Definitely, you have always been the stronger one of the duo in this sense, but oftentimes I'm that person. This, if someone comments on my website or if someone has something to say about an episode, you know, that's not right. Or let's, let me hold you to task. That is not my experience. I suddenly feel weak to it and lean into it and don't feel like I have any position to speak on anything. And I get extremely insecure and take it very personally. So this took a lot of guts. The whole thing took a lot of guts and it's going to involve some care and some recovery because when we put ourselves out in a public sphere and we say, we're going to be visible, we invite everyone to have an opinion Mm -hmm. on our humanity. Yeah, and I'm going to cling to my classic comic book roots here and go, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, you and I might be small stage in comparison to Rose in this instance, but I always come to our little stage knowing that, yes, I'm human. Yes, I have my own opinion. Yes, we share our opinions together with our audience. And yes, I have invited by speaking, I have invited to my DMs and my <laughs> messenger that somebody will tell me, well, I don't agree with you. And I think we're well aware that people are not all going to agree with us on any topic. The more people you reach, the more likely you're not going to have a shared opinion that everybody supports what you do or what you say or what you have spoken about. So in that, I've gotten used to even with the TEDx talks, as you know, all those negative comments that I received from the first one, I'm like, yeah, all right, that's your opinion. Ain't nothing gonna do about that. It's like, but it doesn't diminish my experience. That being said, so with that, I I agree with Rose on everything she's doing. That is her right. But then I also say, when you are at that level of visibility, as you say, you invite people to target you. You invite people to have an opinion about you. So unfortunately, people like us in the trans community, the queer community, unfortunately, we have to almost hold ourselves to a higher, just a higher level, because we know that any scrutiny will be magnified so much more. If I was just Joe Schmo from Tallahassee, who's just living life, nobody's going to really put as much onus on a national scale and news outlet scale about what that person did or did not do. But when you are a public figure, there's always a chance that anything you do, say, perform, deed, action, word is going to be scrutinized. And unfortunately, the way it is now, as she mentioned in the apology video, that there's so much anti-LGBTQ and trans legislation out there that we do have to hold ourselves in a degree that is not going to give them any speck, any nugget, any kernel that they can latch on to to say, see, told you, this is exactly how they are. See what she did at the White House? That's exactly what all these trans people are. Exactly. And that's unfortunate because it doesn't allow us to be authentic completely. But even so, I, if I was invited to the White House for this thing, I would be First of all, you and I could have a good discussion about what ball gown I would wear because this would be a once in a lifetime event. And I would be so demure and I'd be like, oh no, I can't shake the president's hand. See would... to not heard. See to not heard. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be nominated. Yeah, but we are operating on completely different stratospheres of influence, obviously. So again, I don't know Rose's experience and won't know mine exactly either, nor yours. So in that way, I am not going to villainize her and demonize her for what she did. It just unfortunately, like we've all been saying throughout this episode, it was a mistake. It was maybe poor judgment, or maybe it was a euphoric, that emotion that overtakes rational thought for that second. But what you do after the fact is wholly you going forward and deciding to make that. And again, that's what that the one only point I'm going to make is that video was not loaded five seconds later. It was loaded as a package. So yes. she was proud of it. And I don't blame her for being proud of it. She didn't show anything I haven't seen before on a woman in public. So again, there's it's a fine line. But unfortunately, we have to make sure we understand every side of the argument before we do anything for fear of this happening. 
Yeah. And I wrote down the quote, I forget who said it, but well-behaved women rarely make history. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who said that quote, but it's, it's one that, that it's interesting to think about. Speaking of interesting to think about, can you imagine going to the White House, being invited to the White House as a trans woman and just meeting the president, shaking the president's hand. The truth of the matter is she is a leader for which the president is to learn from. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. So it's not like she's coming and meeting someone that has gone on any sort of trans-specific journey, which makes it even more pressure to come in a certain way. The whole thing is so poetic and so messy. And so I keep on looking at her Instagram story. And I do think that this is material potentially for canceling someone. If I was to think about where cancel culture is in the world and where we are with it and how quickly we are to kind of, oh, sorry, switch the channels, unfollow, unfollow. I don't think that's going to happen with her. Perhaps it may have the opposite effect where her name is on the map for cis individuals that you know, that they're trying to understand the trans story unless they follow trans individuals, which many people don't. To me, it's really easy to know more about trans humans, follow trans influencers. So if anything, I think that this individual has created enough buzz so that people be like, oh, who are they talking about on the news? The post that I looked at with her video apology was not hers. I saw it somewhere else and I saw the comments from that somebody else. And many of the comments were like, who's this person? I didn't even know this happened. What she's apologizing for? I don't even know, but now I do. I have a feeling in my heart that there are three camps, four camps, really. The people who hear about this and 30 seconds later move on to the next news feed article. And this will be out of their minds within five days once it blows up and then dies down. Mm -hmm. Two, you have the conservative news outlets who are going to use this as a reason to point the finger that they were right all along, that trans people are perverts, yeah. pedophiles, and you know that's going to happen. It already has. Yeah. And then it just will continue the divisiveness of their thinking because here's proof of what I've been talking about all along. Three. You have the trans community members like you and me, who, while you probably a little more supportive than me, I'm like, oof, did you really do that? Okay. But I don't villainize her as what she did in that moment. But again, it's all about choices we make. And as we experience life and we get more wisdom, we make better choices. And hopefully we are informed by our past experience to make better choices. Then there's the fourth group, which is the people in the trans community who feel, yeah, you know what you just did? You just put us back 10 years yeah. by doing that because you were an influencer, you are an influencer, you are a leader, you are a trailblazer, and this is how you chose to be our voice. And by doing this, you've really made it worse. And I can understand that because I have been on the receiving end of that as part of the trans community. As a cross-dresser, cross-dressers are typically the people who are fetishized, who are villainized because we make a bad name for the other trans folks. Yes, yes. So I totally get that people want people within the community are like, come on, I've all I do is work all my life to try to be accepted. And then you go and do this. And now everybody's pointing at you and put me with you in that same boat. I get it. This is one of those moments in time that again, majority of people are going to forget within a month because something new will come on the horizon. But in, it will hopefully propel her advocacy and her empathy and how she conducts herself and how she be she treats herself as a leader in the community. I'm sure, like you said, this is going to just go by the wayside and this will pivot her future in a positive way. I'm fairly certain. It's just everybody who has so much fear in their hearts about, oh, no, now look, now we're in the worst place or, oh, no, now look, they are that way and they are terrible, gross individuals. It's one of those things where the name got out, so it's going to be better for her to have a stronger vocal platform to advocate from. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, so yeah, it'll propel her. We just hope that it's in a good way if she chooses 
to make those better choices. Yeah, it's and I really believed her at the end of her statement where she said she's going to use this experience as fuel to propel her personally, as well as her her work as an educator and a trailblazer. If you all as please, dear listeners, go to the Rose Montoya. She is an educator. She educates and I love her and I think she's wonderful. And I just think that she is an amazing human being that hopefully will have amazing things coming towards her because it's only there for the greater good. Yes. God forbid she's selfish for a second, you know, (laughs) and makes a mistake. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, we're not infallible for sure. So I want to just repeat, it's on Instagram, it's at the Rose Montoya. Yeah. So that's who you'd find that. And just one other point I want to make, because I'm looking at her Instagram again, and it says transgender activist gets banned from White House after going topless at their Pride event. Now, Biden, President Biden is taking a lot of flack for, oh, you were just doing that to placate the conservatives. I feel in my heart that he had every right to do that because- in, in my eyes, this was not a frat party on the White House lawn. This wasn't a kegger. There is a level of decorum you should expect from visitors to the White House lawn. And I think it's, I think it was an appropriate measure. I don't think it was villainizing her specifically, but the action itself was inappropriate. And I don't think he was completely out of line. I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions on the banning or not banning of rose and the others in this case but you know as a president the last thing you need is like really i invited you and now i have to have this blowback of your toplessness so was it reactive possibly was it inappropriate as a reaction i don't think so i don't think so either yeah yeah i don't think it was at all i think there are ways to conduct ourselves and there's a way to come appropriate, not appropriate, and there are consequences to your actions. Yeah, I mean, this was a press conference that the the White House did not want to have at the end of a really, what they were viewing as a kind, family-friendly event, mm-hmm. you know, going to check all the boxes, dot all the T's, cross the I's, and then suddenly, ay, 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 titties, <laughs> we have to deal with this, you know? And it just, I don't know, I was so excited to talk about this today. It has so much to it, so much juiciness, so much, so much shame, so much humanness. And yeah, I think another thing that is true that comes out of this is that reading hate comments for an extended amount of time is draining, (laughs) Uh, but very interesting when for every five hate comments and disappointment comments, there is someone who thought that this was a great choice. Yes. And says, yes. fuck them, you know? Yeah, or fuck that the em. apology was valid or that, yeah, exactly. It wasn't all hate. There was 900 comments that I read and I probably was probably eight to two against. And again, the typical stupid comments of like, it's a he. It's like, don't you know that the bottom lip needs to be fatter than the upper lip? Just all just banal stupidity. And then there was the things I wrote down that I thought were a little more appropriate as a discussion point versus just the just just trans hate in general. I just want to state this, make sure all our listeners know, this is our opinion in this moment. Tomorrow, I may modify my opinion. I may think differently. I will say the one opinion that will never change is that, just like Julie said, we are all human. We all make mistakes. There's not one person on this planet that hasn't done something they probably are not super proud of in whatever moment when they start reflecting on it. So this was just, unfortunately, a lot more visible, a lot grander scale than many of us have access to. So yeah, I I don't have a problem. Like like I said, I watched the video. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I did not think about it being a terrible thing, but yet now we have to talk about it. Now we have to talk about it, right? (laughs) Thank you so much, dear Savannah, for coming prepared. I know when I am uh, really overwhelmed and really excited about a topic that I tend to not be able to write clear notes or sit down and do my research as I would like to, but I am so thankful that I have such a 
beautiful and amazing and supportive partner in you that just, I can feel confident that they're going to do this, the parts of my brain that aren't so well nourished. You're going to do that part and you're going to come with your research and your notes and your bookends. Thank you so much for filling in those cognitive parts as my heart is just broken and gushing and healing and feeling all the things I have for this person that has been one of my one of my most influential teachers when it comes to really giving language and giving education to this beautiful human condition. It's a condition we're humans and being trans is part of the beautiful human condition that all of us are a part of. So you're here and you're very welcome. I'd love to be here for you in any way I can support you. Yeah. So that's that. I think I want to end with a little bit of a jingle, but I don't know what I want to sing. How about, all right, I got one. Down by the bay where the water bells grow back to my home. I dare not go. For if I do, my mother would say, have you ever seen a whale with a polka dot tail down by the bay? That was adorable. (laughs) I was like riveted. I'm like, where's the story going to go? I love it. Yes. So (laughs) we love you all. And new episodes come every Wednesday. But we have 144 as of today, mm-hmm. beautiful episodes, please like, share, and follow, and let's spread this beautiful podcast all across the world, baby. So bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor copyright 2023. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.